rotates. 360 degrees. High high. 360 degrees. High high. 306. 306. 360 degrees. High high. All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine, written, produced, and broadcasting from Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known as the Bay Area. Tonight on Full Circle, or tonight, Full Circle comes to you ready to do our part in this important fun drive, and we do so with the eye-opening film, Food Chains, The Revolution in America's Fields. Food Chains is a documentary film that introduces us to the people that plant, cultivate, and harvest the fruits and vegetables out in the field, the farm workers of America. The film also shows us how that fresh produce gets from the fields to our local supermarkets and eventually onto our plates. On tonight's show, we'll learn about the extreme conditions out in the fields through excerpts from the film Food Chains, The Revolution in America's Fields. Also, we'll speak with director of Food Chains, Sanjay Rawal, and discuss the film's importance and its message. And we'll be connecting the dots of today's immigration policies and the welfare of the workers who actually provide us with the healthy fruits and vegetables. Lastly, we will be asking for your support, both for KPFA and the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. We are your host tonight. I am Freewell and Franklin. And I'm Darlene Pagano. Please stay with us. All right. Good evening, everyone, and welcome again to Full Circle. We are very excited about the film we are presenting tonight, Food Chains, The Revolution in America's Fields. Do you actually know where that tomato in your salad came from? Or how do our fruits and vegetables get from a seed to a plant to a grown ripe food source and then harvested and put on the shelf at your local store? Tonight, we'll learn how this network of growers, distributors, and fast food giants work. With so much great work about food going on in the Bay Area, we know that our listeners care about food justice, about workers' rights, and even the Me Too movement, all of which can be connected to the workers in the fields. Tonight, we want to introduce you to this informative and enlightening documentary film, Food Chains, The Revolution in America's Fields. Food Chains premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival, and it was released nationwide in November of 2015. The film's executive producers include Eva Longoria and Eric Schlosser, Smriti Kashari, and later in the show we'll hear from director Sanjay Rawal. But we're going to start off tonight with the trailer from the film just to get us started. Then we'll be back, then we'll be back to feature selected clips and have our interview with director Sanjay Rawal. I still believe agriculture is the backbone of America. And when you have an industry as, as big as agriculture, you've got to pay attention to the labor force. The history of farm labor in the United States is a history of exploitation. The plantation and the ghetto 
were created by those who had power both to confine those who had no power and to perpetuate their powerlessness. All my life, I have been driven to overthrow a farm labor system in this nation that treats farm workers as if they were not important human beings. These people have suffered tremendously and uh, grown much more slowly economically than any other segment of our society. The appalling conditions of farm workers moved my brother to crack down on the abuses. But too little has changed over the years. Their working conditions are deplorable, but most of them are afraid to demand fair treatment because they know they'll be fired, blacklisted, or turned over to immigration officials. It is terribly important that we understand how in the year 2008, slavery, slavery can exist and how workers can be treated as badly as they are. Most people have no idea that they're connected to this system every time they buy fresh fruits and vegetables. All the fresh fruits and vegetables in supermarkets arrive there via the supply chain, an intricate system of distributors, farmers, and farm workers. Supermarkets set all the rules in the supply chain. The prices consumers pay, how farmers grow their crops, what these crops can look and taste like, and ultimately, how much money is left over to pay workers at the bottom of the supply chain. While all the workers who pick their produce live below the poverty line, these massive corporations generate a half a trillion dollars a year in the U.S. alone. I think the entire supermarket business goes out of its way so that you're not reminded of where your food came from. If a handful of companies decided that they wanted to eliminate poverty and exploitation among farm workers, it could happen very, very quickly. Pennies more on uh, purchases of fresh fruits and vegetables could eliminate this problem. That's right. Just pennies more can help raise them out of poverty. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 FM, right here at the Pacifica Mothership in Berkeley. You just heard the trailer from the documentary film Food Chains. In that clip, you heard the voices of Cesar Chavez, who was nearly 25 days into a hunger strike. We also heard Bobby Kennedy, who visited Cesar to help end the strike. There was actress and producer Eva Longoria, Dr. Martin Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and of course, a voice I'm sure many of you recognize, former presidential candidate Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. This is the winner draw, uh, fun drive for KPFA. So before we get into our next clip, we want to take a moment to give out the numbers and the website if you would like to make a donation during Full Circle. Perhaps um, get yourself a copy of this eye-opening film, Food Chains, as well. So give us a call right now to 1-800-439-5732. And if you're listening online, you can donate securely by going to kpfa.org. Food Chains can be yours for a donation of $60. And as you educate yourself and family and friends, at the same time you're supporting KPFA and the apprenticeship program. That's right. The number one more time is 1-800-439-5732 or online. You can donate securely by going to kpfa.org. And the director, Sanjay Brawal, describes the film Food Chains in this way. 
It's a film that reveals the human cost in our food supply and the complicity of large buyers of produce like fast food and supermarket chains. Tonight, to help bring awareness to the situation of the plight of the workers who literally make possible the availability of affordable food to feed our families. What is more important than that? Um, Not much, in my opinion. And food chains, like we said, can be yours for a donation of $60. Let's give out the number one more time. Give us a call. 1-800-439-5732. And that comes out to 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And if you're listening online, you can donate securely by going to kpfa.org. Once again, it's 1-800-HEY-KPFA or click on kpfa.org and donate securely online. Up next, we're going to take a listen to another clip. And what we will hear is uh, what you often hear, uh, that migration isn't always a choice. There is a, a phenomenon of forced migration. Due to trade deals like NAFTA that dramatically affect the system of farming and sales of commodities like coffee and corn in Mexico, many farmers have to make a choice to be able to provide for their families, either by struggling in their own homeland and watch as their family farm is basically rendered useless, or travel north in hopes of finding work in the United States. Many, as you know, make the choice to travel to the United States, where then most are vilified simply for being born in another country. Let's go to that clip. I grew up in a very small town where we're all indigenous people. I heard that in the United States I could make enough money and go to school, but that didn't happen. I came here in 2000 and I have to pay a little bit more than 2000 American money to pay for the coyote that introduced people illegally to the United States. Something around 3 million farm workers in the United States today. Probably a substantial majority of those farm workers at this point are undocumented. Being undocumented means that you do not have the full protections of the law. So you're highly likely to avoid challenging unfair, even unlawful working conditions because you run the risk that your employer might seek to put you in deportation. In 1994, four and a half million people. Um, lived in the United States who were born in Mexico. In 2008, the Mexican-born population in the United States tripled, overwhelmingly because of the displacement of workers and farmers in Mexico by large-scale economic changes. In 1994, the North American Free Trade Agreement went into effect, eliminating many trade restrictions between Mexico and the United States. NAFTA caused the price of crops like corn and coffee to plummet in Mexico, driving millions of farmers there into bankruptcy. A burning tractor in Mexico City's Plaza of the Revolution, part of a last-ditch effort by Mexican farm workers who say their livelihoods are going up in smoke. Poverty on the farms is pushing more would-be migrants to look for work in the United States. 
Migration is not a, a, a voluntary choice. We force people into migration, force people into motion. People come here because this is where the work is. And then our immigration policy, I think, deliberately makes their labor cheap by denying them legal status. Angel was born and raised in Oaxaca, one of the poorest regions in Mexico. He later grew coffee in his family's farm, but NAFTA helped to put the family farm out of business, and so Angel came to the United States. He hoped to find work picking vegetables. The coffee price went so low that it didn't make sense to work for a whole year, and at the end of the season, not get anything back. Angel was a farm worker for nearly a decade when he met Caitlin, whom he began working with to start an organic chicken farm. Angel's been living in the United States for 15 years, and married to Caitlin for three, but he still hasn't been able to gain legal status. Most people are aware that most farm workers in the United States come here from other countries. And we have a very schizophrenic public attitude right now where on the one hand, we are dependent on the labor of farm workers to put food on the table, and yet um, people are demonized because of the fact that they were born somewhere else. find U.S. citizens who are willing to do this kind of work. I mean, you can't pay them enough to, to work this hard in, in this physical way. I think there's definitely a space for some, some gratitude towards the people who are doing the hard work of growing the food, whoever they might be. There are 200 million people in the world who are living outside the countries where they were born. So there is a tremendous flow of workers from poor countries to rich countries. And this has become very important to the economies of industrialized countries, partly because it's a very low-wage labor. People often look at farm worker issues as an immigration issue. It's more than an immigration issue, it's a human rights issue. If you look at the history of agriculture in our country, it started with slave labor. It started with, uh, let's exploit the weakest group. An immigration reform policy that doesn't look at what the economic roots of immigration are, I think is a joke. When slavery was abolished, farmers became obligated to pay their workers. But there were plenty of desperate people willing to work for next to nothing in the United States. Growers have used wave after wave after wave of migration as a source of labor um, to make the system work. Again and again and again, it's people from ethnic minorities. It is the search for a new peasantry. 
constantly searching for a new group to exploit. We can end that cycle by creating wages and working conditions that are decent. That's right. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 FM. I'm your host, Freewell and Franklin, alongside Darlene Pagano. And what you have been listening to are clips from the highly informative documentary film Food Chains, The Revolution in America's Fields. In this clip, we can see how trade agreements can affect the lives of farmers in other countries, and in this case, Mexico in particularly, where we flooded the market with cheap corn and coffee, putting many putting many family farms in Mexico out of business. What else we see is how our food supply relies on an influx of cheap labor to keep the system running. We need these thousands of migrants to harvest the food, plain and simple. One common argument is that if uh, farm work were actually paying more, then there would be jobs for Americans. Um, domestic uh, labor would be willing to do the work. But we can look to a 2017 Los Angeles Times article written by Natalie Kitroff and uh, Jeffrey Mohan reporting from Stockton, California. In their report titled, Wages Rise on California Farms, Americans Still Don't Want the Jobs. They spoke to many farmers seeking employees. One farmer. Yeah, one farmer was Brad Goring, a fourth generation farmer. He's a 52 year old farmer who owns 500 acres of wine grapes in Lodi near Stockton, California. He also tends another 10,000 acres. His labor problems are wearying. In the last five years, he has advertised in local newspaper and accepted more than a dozen unemployed applicants from the state's job agency. You know, the unemployment agency. Um, even when the average rate on his farm in the fields was $20 an hour, the U.S.-born workers simply lost interest fast. He said, we never had one come back after lunch. Um, now, Brad, he is re-engineering his vineyards so they can be harvested entirely by machines. Um, we will link to that LA Times article on our website, kpfaapprentice.org. But right now, we are asking you to learn about this incredible situation we are in in this country, where on one hand, we find our government and many of its citizens actively pursuing people that it considers illegals, then on the other hand, we see a reliance on these same workers, thousands of which are making it possible for us to feed our family. Get this incredible DVD for a donation of $60. One of the best deals for a DVD during the fun drive by calling 1-800-439-5732. Or if you're listening online, you can donate securely by going to kpfa.org. That's 1-800-439-5732, 1-800-HEY-KPFA. We're just going to take a moment to get uh, a couple of people on the line. So please show your support for the First Voice Apprenticeship Program and for KPFA. 
At the same time, you can educate yourself and others about the working conditions of people who are feeding us. These people who are working 8, 10, and often 12 hours a day, yet still have to live below the poverty line. This film is a must-see. It is so relevant at this time in our history. It's just too important. That's right. Give us a call, 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Or if you're online, you can donate securely at kpfa.org. And a big thank you to all those who just called. We really appreciate the support, and we really believe in the sharing of this important information. Now we're going to get back into a bit more of the film, and then after that, We'll bring in Sanjay Rawal into the conversation. He is the director of the film Food Chains. Um, in this next clip, we'll hear about some of the abuses that occur in the fields. When workers are kept non-citizens, they have no recourse for their grievances, which often leads to mistreatment and threats of deportation, and in some cases, even slavery. When people have been in poverty, they don't feel as able to voice their resistance to things because they've already been beaten down in a class system which has disabled their voice. Farm workers who complain face the very real threat of being fired and slipping further below the poverty line. Because this industry doesn't effectively police itself, government oversight is essential but is sorely lacking. Florida has only 14 labor inspectors, for example, to monitor over 40,000 farms. It is an impossible task to take care of every, every instance of abuse that goes on in the fields. It's like you have all the crime that you always have in New York City and you have two or three cops in the entire beat. They're not going to be able to do anything. Oh, that's what it is in the fields today. It's like a New York City crime spree without any cops. Only a fourth of the workforce in agriculture is women. Usually the, the farm owners, the supervisors, the managers, they're all male. Women are exposed to harassment, not only from the employers, but also from their own co-workers. For many years, abusers have not been punished because women have been afraid to report the crimes. Sexual harassment is a problem for women everywhere. 25% of American women report experiencing sexual harassment in the workplace. In the isolated environments of the fields, however, this figure is believed to be closer to 80%. Look, it's, it's insane that anyone's experiencing sexual harassment, but to look at those numbers is an indication of what happens when we have women who are poor. They have children and families to feed. And so they can be easily um, harassed because they need the income. For a woman in the field, 
to be able to voice what's happened to her is crucial. But then to see repercussions and to see somebody being held accountable for that and to see justice. We need systems that are more efficient and that get to justice in a quicker, more immediate way. In the last five years, there has been interest from select U.S. senators in investigating the physical and economic exploitation of farm workers. But there's been no legislative action as of yet. An informal hearing was held in 2008 to give farm workers a voice in exposing the worst human rights violations, like modern-day slavery. Today, we are a very long way away from Immokalee, Florida. Thankfully, due to the dedication and hard work of a number of people, including the coalition of Immokalee workers, the conditions that exist in the Florida tomato fields have begun to come to light. I'm very pleased that Lucas Benitez, a co-founder of the coalition, could be with us today to shed even more light on the subject. Buenos dias. Good morning. It's an honor to be here testifying in front of this committee in an establishment as esteemed as the U.S. Senate. I thank you for this opportunity. But the reason I am here is very troubling. The sad fact is there is slavery in the U.S. fields in the 21st century. Others will speak in more detail about modern-day slavery, but I assure you that the seven cases discovered in Florida's fields are just the tip of the iceberg. Between 1997 and 2010, more than 1,200 farm workers were freed from slavery in southern Florida. Some of the workers were U.S. citizens. And in 2007, a slavery ring was discovered in Immokalee. In the last slavery case, it happened right here, only nine blocks away from the main parking lot, but nobody knew. Brothers, Caesar and Giovanni Navarrete, led a slavery operation, luring poor farm workers with the promise of food, housing, and jobs. Unbeknownst to the workers, the Navarretes were charging an exorbitant amount for room and board. Over several months, the workers accumulated large, false debts and threatened to leave. In retaliation, the Navarrete brothers beat them and kept them confined at night to the back of a U-Haul truck. After a year of slavery, one worker noticed a small hole had formed in the roof of the U-Haul. He managed to push through and escape. One of them decided, either I look for my freedom or I die here, so he got the courage to escape and find help. Senator Sanders and I happened to be in Immokalee, Florida this January when the U.S. Department of Justice released its indictment in the latest slavery case there. Here are some details from that case. The defendants have been accused of threatening, slapping, and kicking farm workers, chaining them to a pole, beating them, locking them inside U-Haul trailers, keeping them in debt, and forcing them to work for free. The indictments read like something you might see in the year 1868, not the year 2008. These abuses are un-American, they are unacceptable, and they must stop. Thank you. 
law establishes that slavery is a crime. Law establishes that sexual harassment is a crime. But we still see all of these things happen. Why? It's not a question of how beautiful it sounds in the books. It is a question of how effective the enforcement mechanisms are. All right, everyone, welcome back. You're listening to clips from the documentary film Food Chains. And real quick, we want to give out some thank yous. Uh, thank you, Sarah in Antioch. She has a gift for her brother, Bobby. Um, Elizabeth in San Francisco, thank you very much. Um, Sharon, thank you so much. Pleasant Hill. And Dave with Bay Area Skydiving, uh, thank you very much for your donations tonight. And uh, welcome back. This is Full Circle. We are here at the one and only KPFA. And tonight you have been hearing excerpts from the documentary film Food Chains. In that last clip, we heard the troubling reality of abuse and even slavery. Yes, as he said, slavery in the 21st century here in the fields of the United States. A couple familiar voices in that clip were past presidential candidate Senator Bernie Sanders, also Eve Ensler, and even a famous KPFA labor reporter, David Bacon. And as we heard, these conditions would be something you might hear of in 1888, but not in the year 2008. And that's when this special Senate hearing was held. We ask you now, if you can, to help spread the word about these issues. Call and support KPFA. Get this excellent educational DVD. The number is 1-800-439-5732. If you're listening online, you can donate securely on the website, kpfa.org. Again, the number is 1-800-439-5732. That's hey, 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Now that we've heard some clips from the film Food Chains, we want to bring in our next guest, the filmmaker, uh, director Sanjay Rawal. Sanjay grew up around agriculture, and when he was young, he spent time uh, near the fields in the Central Valley. Sanjay got his start in documentary films as a consultant for the hit documentary Pray the Devil Back to Hell. He did his first short documentary, Ocean Monk, in 2010, which took the Best Short Documentary Prize online at the 2012 St. Louis Film Festival. And Sanjay did it again in 2011 with another award-winning film, Channeling Impossibility. Welcome, Sanjay. We're looking for Sanjay on the line. Yes, I'm here. How are you? Sanjay, we took a second to get you, but it's great to hear your voice. How you doing? I'm fantastic. How about you guys? We're doing good. Thanks for um, coming back to the airways of KPFA to uh, bring food chains um, basically into the Trump era. Um, it's a, Sanjay, it's a uh, I, go ahead. I was going to say, it's always a pleasure. I grew up in San Leandro in Oakland listening to you guys and... Glad to be back on your airways. Yes, a Bay Area um, person and a KPFA listener. Um, Sanjay, let's just start by getting the thought behind making of this film, Food Chains. Uh, There's a great team behind this film, including actress and civil rights activist Eva Longoria, the author of Fast Food Nation, Eric Schlosser, producer and uh, storyteller Smriti Kashari, 
And you also have the talented and the great voice of actor Forrest Whitaker as narrator. That's right, Ghost Dog. <laughs> if you've ever seen that Forrest Whitaker film, it's great. Um, and, of course, you have yourself, Sanjay Rawal, as the director, and, of course, uh, many others. But, Sanjay, uh, tell us what drove you to make a film like Food Chains. Um, what was it about the farm worker story and the system of food production and distribution that drove you to help make this film? It's, it's, it's difficult to remember that although we're in 2018 right now, our, our food system is very much based on principles that were set forth by the colonizers of the New World. Uh, the economic system for agricultural labor was fueled in the South by chattel slavery, but it was also fueled in California by the mission system and by the enslavement of Native Americans. And that idea of low-wage workers supplying pretty close to free labor, doing very, very difficult work, seems like it's an anachronism. But that's not the case. Even with the most modern grocery stores, like the, the new Amazon one in Seattle, where you can walk in and out with groceries and not even talk to a human being, it masks the fact that there are millions of hands that are absolutely essential to the, the, the functioning of our food system. And like you say in the film, they really go out of your way to not let you think about where your food actually comes from. Um, well, Sanjay, this film, Food Chains, creates a great blend of narration and experts on the topics. But unlike other films, you don't stop there. You actually get out into the fields, into the working poor homeless camps in Napa, and you get a firsthand account of the people living through the effects of our immigration policies. Also, they are the ones spearheading the fight for fairness and equity. How important to you was it as the director of this film to have the voices of the workers heard loud and clear? Well, you know, pe people in California especially are, are very much aware of the great work of Suda Chavez and Dolores Huerta and United Farm Workers. I think many people who've seen the movie are, are shocked to learn that the conditions that they fought for in the 50s, 60s, and 70s are still very much prevalent. Farm worker wages have been stagnant literally since the 1970s. Um, and, and many crops, they still are paid by the peace, which is a remnant of chattel slavery where slaves were rewarded by the bushel of cotton or other crops that they picked. The, the issue these days, though, isn't the fight between employee and employer or farm worker and farms. Over the last 20 years, the grocery industry has gained so much power. I mean, it might be hard to imagine the kind of friendly neighborhood grocer wielding that much power in the system. But don't forget Walmart. Walmart is the largest grocery store on the planet. And Walmart makes almost three out of each $4 on grocery. So the entire power balance in the agricultural system has shifted. And grocery stores and the grocery industry is one of the largest in this country. And with that much power at top, it's difficult to see exactly what's going on behind the scenes. Our film features a group of Florida tomato pickers called the Coalition of Immokalee Workers. And they realized that no matter how much they pressured farmers, farmers themselves were really being choked by large supermarket chains. You know, there's large demand for big orders and, you know, very kind of destructive price setting and price fixing make it very hard for farmers even to make a living. And so those farm workers went all the way to the top of the chain to the big buyers of their tomatoes, like 
fast food restaurants and grocery stores and demanded just one more penny per pound. And that penny per pound doubles their wages in the field. At the same time, they also demanded that these large buyers, grocery stores and fast food chains, for, or they, they, that they basically stop buying from farms that have had human rights abuses. And so that created a market incentive for farmers to begin treating their workers correctly. Now, this is like a UC Berkeley Stanford MBA level analysis, but it was never done by business professionals. This analysis and this solution was developed by farm workers themselves. And so farm workers are, are clearly the experts. They're the ones who've developed solutions that no one else has been able to. And I thought because of that, it was critical that their viewpoint drive the entire narrative of the movie. Yeah, it's very important because um, although there are a lot of subtitles and we have created our own voiceovers for it, I feel as um, you just stated that it's very important to get, you know, the people that are dealing with it, they know the problems, they know the solutions. And I feel especially the women, as mentioned in the film, that um, 25% of women in America have um, experienced some sort of sexual violence in the workplace, but it's 80% out in the fields. They know what they're dealing with. And I think they did right by creating the solutions in the um, fair food campaign. Um, well, let's move- across different, sorry, across different industries, like even with the fight for 15, $15 an hour as a minimum wage, that, that wasn't started by legislators. That wasn't started by professors. That wasn't started by consumers. That was started by the workers themselves. Workers generally know what the conditions are and know what the solutions are in their industry. They just need allies on the consumer and the citizenry side to help them kind of see their goals to fruition. That's right, because change usually does not come from the top when the profits are involved. It usually comes from the bottom and from the workers themselves. Well, um, let me move on a little bit. This film originally came out in 2014. At that time, we had President Obama, who spoke well about immigration and protecting immigrants. He also established DACA in 2012. But in some circles, he was known as the deporter and chief. In physical year, in fiscal year 2016, ICE removed 240,255 people from the country, a rate of more than 20,000 people per month. And at the height of President Obama's deportation in 2012, the agency removed roughly 34,000 people a month. Um, Sanjay, what are you seeing now as a result of the transition into the Trump era and this hyper anti-immigration atmosphere? It's it's all lunacy to me. I mean, obviously, from Obama did many good things, but that fundamental misunderstanding or failure to recognize that we created the conditions for migration. In the film, we, we, we addressed NAFTA in 1994, which bankrupted millions of Mexican farmers who came north to work as farm workers. And after NAFTA, we saw the population of undocumented immigrants in this country double, triple, quadruple, quintuple, mainly as, as the result of failed U.S. multilateral economic policies. MS-13 was started in jails in the United States and went back to Central America, which caused a, a, a migration of its own. We failed to recognize that many of these issues start here in America and are exported overseas. At the same time, with Trump, there's become an absolute 
you know, just like lunacy that that really looks at the disconnect between, and I hate to put it this way, but between the essential services that a lot of undocumented and we've seen documented legal residents from Central American countries, their contribution to the economy here. I, I hate putting things just in economic terms, but here's some numbers. There's between two to three million workers, primarily Latino, primarily undocumented, that work in the food industry, farm work and, and meat packing. And meat packing. Um, so you're looking at about one and a half to two million of those being undocumented. If they were kicked out of the United States, there's no guarantee that the buyers of the vegetables and the meat they process, the buyers like the supermarkets, would then continue buying American with the increased price of employing U.S. citizens. No, those big buyers would immediately go abroad to look for the lowest prices for both meat and produce. That would not just bankrupt farmers here in this country, but it would destroy a lot of the agricultural and meatpacking sector. And so there's a fundamental disconnect between the importance of low-wage workers and the essential functions of our economy and this essential production of goods that are very much American. It's it's amazing how much we need this work and this food, but then how um, these folks are treated. Now, let me ask you this. Instead of this negativity and hatred, what would you ask people to look at before they bash the, uh, bash the image of the average immigrant from the South? What do you hope this film shows us as consumers? So, uh, you know, there's no getting over the hatred. And I, I, I look at the example of the Coalition of Immokalee Workers in Florida. They, they protested against the racist policies of, of those farmers for years, and nothing changed in the field. It was only when they got consumers involved and struck at the heart of these multi-billion dollar brands that had mascots like a friendly clown, like McDonald's, or a king, like Burger King. When, when consumers began striking at the heart of those big brands, those big brands began asserting their power over the supply chain. And so when it comes to the ridiculous and, and frankly, evil anti-immigration rhetoric and policies of this administration, I think the only argument that can be made is an economic one. You know, we can look at things sector by sector. If you look at the agricultural sector, dairy workers, for example, who have to be employed 12 months a year because you need to milk a cow every single day, um, those workers aren't covered by any U.S. visa program. The H-2A, the, the, the guest worker program, is only applied or applicable to seasonal workers, which means it's only a 10-month permit, and then you have to go back. I mean, forget the fact that that's an, it's an, there's an incredible amount of bureaucracy. I think 70% of farms in California last year reported a shortage of workers, primarily because they couldn't get enough H-2A visas assigned to their farms. So if you look at things sector by sector, the entire agricultural industry would collapse overnight, overnight, if it weren't for immigrants, both documented and undocumented. And so I say address that problem first. You know, let's not look at something like comprehensive immigration reform, which is full of hateful rhetoric. Let's look at the things that immigrants do that without which our entire way of life would collapse. Um, 
that's some true words right there. We're speaking with Sanjay Rawal, the director of Food Chains, the revolution in America's fields. We're also in the middle of a fundraiser here at KPFA. If you feel um, you've been moved to donate to the station, you can get yourself a copy of this film by calling 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Also, you can go online and click on kpfa.org and make a donation there as well. Um, Sanjay, one thing we've barely touched on in the show tonight is the Coalition of Immokalee Workers and their organizing. Um, they have done a lot around the penny more per pound movement as well as the Fair Food Campaign. Can you just touch uh, briefly on these two topics? First, tell us uh, who is the Coalition of Immokalee Workers and how they fought for a penny more per pound. So the the the, the, the Immokalee workers or the the CIW they they're a small group of tomato pickers um, based in South Florida. They realized after a decade of protesting directly against farmers that nothing was going to change until they went to these gigantic brands and they first went to Taco Bell and demanded a penny more per pound because as we mentioned earlier, most farm workers aren't paid by the hour necessarily; they're paid by the pounds of produce they pick, and in Florida. Tomato workers are paid now between one and one and a half cents. So if the big buyers paid one cent more per pound, and if that penny was passed to the workers, those workers' wages would be doubled from an average of $7 an hour to $14 an hour, which is living wage. They have been able to get some of the largest buyers of tomatoes on the planet, including now Walmart, to pay an extra penny per pound. And that's odd, is it? That penny gets to the workers in the field. That they, there's, there's no skirting that. The reason why it does is because if farmers don't pass that penny along, they're banned from selling to the biggest tomato buyers in the world. Even more importantly, if they break something called the Fair Food Code of Conduct, which says no sexual harassment, no physical harassment, no wage theft, if they break that code and if it's found that they've broken that code, they can also no longer sell to these gigantic buyers of their tomatoes. And so now, because of the market, because of the almighty dollar and the fear of losing access to that market, the entire Florida tomato industry has been transformed. We were talking about sexual harassment. The rough figures are between 80 and 90, between 80 90% of female farm workers in the field all over the country experience physical and sexual harassment. In the Florida tomato industry, that has almost been reduced to zero. Now, I mean, it's not even it's not even reduced to zero in offices. I mean, we're looking at, at Hollywood right now, and people are finally realizing that probably every single woman in Hollywood, with, I guess, the exception of Meryl Streep, has experienced some sort of sexual harassment. In, in, in the field, it's, it's the same reality. But in the field, we don't have, you know, the, the ability to go and hire a lawyer, to go and get your story told in the press and to rally people around the country through social media. And sometimes but they're really the, isolated out in those fields. Completely. So the CIW's program has basically changed that entirely. And again, we see it comes from the workers up. And just a quick update, we're going to have a link to the Coalition of Immokalee Workers webpage on our webpage, kpfaapprentice.org. And they are starting a new campaign called the Freedom Fast New York City, um, March 11th through the 15th. And the, one of the slogans is Time's Up Wendy's. And Wendy's 
um, is the, one of the last holdouts um, to sign on to the fair food campaign. In fact, rather than sign on, apparently they have chose to purchase from Mexico. Um, Sanjay, we still have a little bit of time left, and um, we want to remind folks that you have been on these airwaves before, and you spoke about this film um, back, I think it was 2015. We thank you for that. Um, one thing we ended on, on at that time um, was the thought about uh, public radio and independent films. Um, we want to ask you your thoughts on supporting community media like KPFA and independent films such as food chains. Why is it so important to um, support KPFA and to support independent films like food chains? Well, Frank, that's, that's, that's another great question. So, again, look, look at the, the, the agricultural sector. We've talked about how grocery chains have consolidated and the power in the agricultural sector has gone all the way to the top. I mean, back in the day, there were tons of small little grocery stores. I mean, we still have the buy right chain in the Bay Area, a, a couple independents. Uh, I believe Berkeley Bowl might still be independent. Um, but with, when you have an independent chain, you have a closer connection to the product. You have a, a, a better sense of where that's coming from and, and those products serve you better. You know, those stores have what you want. It's the same thing with KPFA. It's like with the consolidation of mass market media and with advertising dollars driving everything, it's almost impossible to create an incentive for a station to do actual journalism, you know, to not worry about placating advertisers. And KPFA is a shiny example of that. I mean, you guys are the voice of the people. And without that voice, we don't really have a functioning democracy. We have a democracy that's run by dollars. And so I, I urge everybody to continue supporting KPFA and to continue supporting independent media in general. Sanjay, uh, those are some great words. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us tonight and um, being with us on Full Circle. And we also thank you tremendously for uh, a tremendous film that you and your team put together to really show us you know, what's going on out there in the fields, how is it that we get to bite into that fresh apple or to get to eat those juicy, delicious tomatoes or even something we didn't really talk about, which is to drink some of that delicious wine from Napa. There's a whole section um, about the wine industry that we haven't even had time to cover tonight. So again, um, for me and Darlene here and the KPFA crew, uh, we really appreciate you and the work you've done. And thanks for again for taking the time with us tonight on KPFA. Frank, Darlene, it's always an honor. Thank you so much for your work. All right, Sanjay, we'll be in touch, and thanks for being available. Thank you, sir. All right, good night. Good night. Welcome back to Full Circle here on KPFA. Again, you just heard Sanjay Rawal, award-winning documentary filmmaker who directed Food Chains, The Revolution in America's Fields. You know, there are two things that are very important to us here, and those two things are... Systems change when people organize and work together. And the other is the importance and the power of community radio. That's true, as Sanjay said. And we feel that standing with us here at KPFA and the Apprenticeship Program and coming together in an organized way to help support this station and the information we bring is your way of standing with those Immokalee workers. It's a way you can say, yes, you, the producers of the film Food Chains, you, the producers of Full Circle, are doing the right thing. I will stand up with you and do it by making a donation to KPFA. Give us a call right now, one 800 
439-5732. If you're online, you can donate security by going to kpfa.org. Again, the number, 1-800-439-5732, and that comes out to 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Also, click on kpfa.org, make a a secure donation online. And one thing I wanted to mention is, do you have like family and friends on your Facebook always arguing over Trump and the the Dems? Uh, Maybe you see people commenting using terms like illegals. Um, Food Chains is the perfect film to share with them, to help them see a side of this important group of people to our society, to our economy. Food Chains is either, Food Chains is neither a Republican or a Democrat. It simply shows the manner in which our food is produced, harvested, and distributed, and the human cost of that system. Please get this DVD, share it with everyone you can, and let people know what is happening out in those fields. Um, Those fields we rarely see, yet at the same time, we get our sustenance from. So, um... Let me give out the number one more time. We're just kind of free-flowing now to get you to call. The number is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And I am Free Will and Franklin, your host, alongside Darlene Pagano here. And Darlene, I think she has a couple folks to thank. And then she's also going to talk about the apprenticeship program because we here are all part of the KPFA apprenticeship program, a training program here at KPFA. Darlene, what do you got? Yeah, our latest uh, uh, donators, uh, Brian Perez in Daly City, thank you, and Jenna Muhar in Santa Rosa. Thanks to you both. Thank you very much. Okay. I want to give you a little information about the apprenticeship program. I've been saying tonight that we're asking you to donate in to KPFA, partly in the name of the apprenticeship program. The apprenticeship program here is called the First Voice Program. It is an 18-month training program, tuition-free, to learn radio broadcasting, engineering, production, and hosting. Uh, It is a program that is designed to um, help bring forward the voices and the talents of people who otherwise, uh, it's quite unlikely they would have access to uh, the sound waves or uh, the training for media in any other way. And the commitment of the apprenticeship program, which puts on this uh, uh, full circle every Friday night, is that we, in turn, bring to you underrepresented voices uh, of of people that we live among, that we live with, for whom uh, they're very amazing stories, they're very compelling stories, would otherwise not reach you. So the apprenticeship program has a triple uh, effect. We also take up some of the work that KPFA would otherwise uh, maybe not be able to bring to the community, like our community calendar, the PSAs, uh, that many of you rely on to have your events and voices heard, and also that we bring you so much uh, information about great events in the area to, to find out about. The uh, apprentices go, as I said, through an 18-month program, and right now, Right now, the we are open to accept applications for the next round of training. Uh, the 
Applications will be accepted through March 30th. You can find out more about the program and get download an application by going to kpfaapprentice.org. That is the website specifically for the Full Circle Archives and everything to do with the apprenticeship program. Please take a look at that. You may well know someone, if it isn't even yourself, you may well know someone who could really benefit by this training program or who has so much to offer that you would be blessing the training program to to bring them along. One more time, kpfapprentice.org. Yes, kpfaapprentice.org, and there tonight we will have important links to um, Food Chain's website. We will have a link to the New York Times article uh, that we quoted from earlier, and we still got a couple minutes left and to get some folks on the line. The number again, 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA, and if you uh, like to do things online, it's kpfa.org. That's kpfa.org. Go there, make a secure donation, and let people know that um, this film is important to you. It's important to know where your food comes from, and it's important to know how it gets to you. It doesn't just grow magically by itself and then just appear at the store. No, there's uh, human beings out there working. They're harvesting that food. They're tending those crops. And they're um, getting them out to us so we can uh, sustain ourselves and nurture ourselves and our families. Um, We're getting close on time, just about a minute and a half. Come in under the wire. Support the apprenticeship program and KPFA at the same time. The number again is 1-800-439-5732 or... Uh, kpfa.org. We're coming up on 70 years of free speech radio. Why? Because our uh, listeners, our family, our friends uh, have pledged to keep this station going. This moment is no different than any other moment of the last 70 years. Your support is needed for free speech radio. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Tune in next week to Full Circle for another chance to donate to your local community radio station. We will be featuring the film Finding Gold Within with host Kat Petru and graduate apprentice Ephraim Colbert. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is myself, Free Will and Franklin. Joy Moore is our production consultant. We've been your hosts tonight, Free Will and Franklin and Darlene Pagano. Special thanks to David on the board on the ones and twos. Also special thanks to our technical assistants, Kendall, Aria and Sharon also for you deadheads out there don't forget tomorrow is the Grateful Dead Marathon starting at 9am that's with David Gans and Tim Lynch again thank you for joining us tonight on Full Circle and thank you for all who donated we appreciate it appreciate it now stay tuned for La Onda Bajita